0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Matthew 14, verse 22. I'm going to read uh, quite a few verses, but I want to give context to this tonight, and I want to encourage you to hang in there. There's three major levels of this message that I believe will help you to understand How to progress your life with Jesus. And I make that statement very carefully and very uh, deliberately because many people understand how to read the Bible or they've learned how to pray, but they've never learned how to grow. And so I want to help you learn how to grow tonight with some things that are certainly countercultural to the world in which we live. But that doesn't mean that they are illogical. They're very sensible. And so I want you to lean in right at the start. Make notes, not just of what I say, but make notes of what the Holy Spirit says to you while I'm speaking. Those will be the significant things. Matthew 14 verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and go before Him to the other side while He sent the multitudes away. He went up on the mountain by Himself to pray. And when evening came, He was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves because the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear, But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it's I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come, I want you to remember that. We'll come back to that later in the message. But when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Then those that were, sorry, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. There used to be an acronym used in computing. I don't know actually if it's used anymore. It was GIGO or GIGO, G-I-G-O, and it stood for garbage in, garbage out. What it meant was the quality of the inputs determines the quality of the outputs. It meant that if you had some kind of... uh, program that didn't work or incorrect answers or the program froze, the computing term that they'd used back at you was G-I-G-O. Ah, oh, well, garbage in, garbage out. It meant that the problem wasn't what was at the end. The problem was what started right in the beginning. Can I say to you that the ceiling on your life is determined or set by the inputs to your life. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says this whoever walks with wise people will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. In other words, the inputs you come on listen to me tonight because so many of us need to alter the inputs of our life if we want to get a different outcome. Proverbs 13:20 says that the people you're walking with and that's not just the people you walk around doing exercise with or the people you go to work with many of us cannot choose the people that are in our workplace but we can choose the people we walk with when it comes to our our spiritual life we can choose the inputs that we have on on social media we can choose the inputs that we have when it comes to podcasts or whatever may be the ways you do that. In the story that we've just read in Matthew 14, one man, Peter, gets a different input to the remaining 11. There are 12 of them that are in a boat. 11 of them, their sole inputs are taken from their surroundings. They see the wind is boisterous. They see the waves threatening to swamp the boat. They are aware that they are in imminent danger and they take their inputs from what's happening around about them. They take their inputs from the crowd, from what what everybody else thinks. That's such a powerful thing. There are so many studies done in psychology about the power of the crowd and about the ways that we are influenced by the people we hang out with. 1 Corinthians 15 says, evil company corrupts good habits. In other words, the people that I'm walking with in life have got tremendous influence on me and the way I think and the way I respond. They were taking their inputs from their feelings. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Why? Bell, I'm afraid. Obviously, it makes sense. Look at my surroundings. But so many people believe that their emotions are the truth. I had somebody say to me once who was had a morbid fear of flying. Every time they told me about a flight they'd just made and how they literally grabbed the knee of the person sitting next to them in the plane, they did not even know them. But so great was the fear that they reached out and grabbed the knee of a stranger and held on for grim death. And when I sat with them, I said, Well, tell me, what is it you're afraid of? They said, I feel like I might lose control. I feel like the whole thing is, you know, I don't know. And I said, how often have you been afraid? They said, every time I've flown. I said, how many times have you lost control? They said, none. I said, do you realise that your emotions are not a predictor of the future And they're not an indicator of truth. They said, I've never thought about it like that. I said, let's pray. And I prayed like this with literally scores of people with deep emotional needs. And I prayed that the peace of God, see the Bible says that the peace of God isn't the absence of problems. It's something supernatural. If you understand this, then when you pray for peace, you're not praying, oh God, make them feel better. You're praying what it talks about in, 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 in the Scripture where it says, And the peace which passes all understanding, First Thessalonians. The peace that passes all understanding will guard or keep your heart and mind. So I prayed with this person. Less than a week later, they were getting on another plane before full of dread, flying back to the place that they'd come from to be here. I knew them and so I phoned them up. I said, tell me, what was your plane journey like? This is the person who grabbed the knee of someone they didn't even know. Terrified, frightened it was all gonna just simply go completely to chaos. They said it was so fantastic. I'm not making this up. They said, I can hardly wait to fly again. Why? Because when you get a different input, When you get an input other than your emotions, other than your surroundings, other than what the crowd said, then like Peter, who got a different input, you get a different result. I believe that to be a follower of Jesus is meant to be a supernatural life. I really do. I don't think anything about my life is special in the sense of everybody can hear from God. You know, while we're in worship today, and, and I, I'm going to throw this out because I, I, I felt there was someone who was going to be a part of the service. I don't know whether you're here in the building or you're Metro Church online, but there was someone here and things have not been great at home and in your workplace, somebody started showing you attention that you know there's more to it than simply friendliness and thoughts that you never thought you'd think have started going through your mind. You're in danger right now of starting a relationship that you know is not right. And you know is a reaction to things that are not going so well at home. But I felt like God wanted me to say this to you, to let you know that God's with you and He'll help you. Don't give in to the temptations that the enemy has strategically put in front of you. I don't know how long that person's been there or you've been there, but there is a... Uh, a, a, an appointment, an assignment that's not from God. And I love you. Don't, don't put it in on the chat, but you can email me, jeff, G-E-O-F-F at metrochurch.org.au. You can email me during the week and I'll know, you'll know anyway. Pastor Bruce will make a note of that. We're going to be praying for you. And you go, how do you know stuff like that? I'd say, well, the Holy Spirit walks with us and every one of us. I'm not unusual in this church anyway. Many people in this church, we've just celebrated destiny offering where we actually say to the church, pray and expect to hear from the Holy Spirit. See, the supernatural life is normal for a Christian. But a supernatural life requires supernatural inputs. You can't live a supernatural life with only natural inputs for your world. Let me take you to another story. Numbers 13. Lots of you here will know this story. The children of Israel have come out of the land of Egypt miraculously. There's been some phenomenal miracles have taken place. Now they get to the very edge of the place that they have been dreaming of for 400 years. They get to the edge of this And they're about to go in there. Moses, in obedience to God, sends in 12 spies into this promised land, the land of promise, says, go in and tell us what the land is like. He doesn't ask them, go and tell us whether we should. He says, come and tell us what it's like. 12 spies come back, verse 27 of Numbers 13. Then they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. They brought back a sample. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak giant people there. The Amalekites are very warlike and cruel people dwell in the land of the south. Hittites, Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So far, so good. Everything they say is completely true. The entire 12 agree. Every one of them says, that's what we saw. Verse 30, the next verse. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Now watch this. Because both people have got the same facts. They've received the same input naturally to their thinking. But two of them have a different input. And so the facts are taken differently, seen differently with very different results. Watch this, verse 31. But the man who had gone up with him, that's Caleb, said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than us. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they'd spied out, saying the land through which we went, As spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people we saw into the men of great stature. Stop right there a minute. It devours its inhabitants. They've been there and come out. Obviously, they never got devoured. They start talking about then verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from the giants. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. But they never asked one giant What do you think of us? Would you like to take us on? Do you reckon we are good enough to take you? Our God has said, this land's ours. We can do this. What do you think? They never did that. They simply had the same facts, but a different spirit and so had very different outcomes. Now listen to this statement. I told you there are three levels to this message. This is level number two. Be very careful of inputs that have the right facts, but the wrong spirit. I'll say that again, because right now we're living in a world, you cannot escape the facts. And I don't believe in denial. Denial's a river in Egypt. I don't believe in pretending. That's not the Christian life. But I do believe in getting different inputs. I do believe in listening for the voice of God. I do believe in coming before God and say, Lord, this is what I see, but what do you say? Be careful of inputs that have got the right facts but the wrong spirit. Right now, maybe the facts in your particular uh, part of industry, the area you work in, maybe the facts say there are no jobs. Maybe the facts you've got at the moment coming your way say it's difficult or it's challenging. But I'm going to say to you, are you only getting those facts, those inputs, or are you hearing another voice? Now, I realise that for people that have never encountered teaching like this, it can almost sound like I'm saying to pretend or to ignore. Paul, I'm not saying anything like that at all. You know, every one of the 12 spies that went into the land saw it. Caleb never said, no, there aren't any giants. I never saw any. He never said there aren't any walled or fortified cities. He never said they weren't a warlike people. He said, I see the whole lot. He said, I see all that, but. See, the real thing about inputs is not what data comes your way. It's what spirit you read it with. Are you hearing another voice? Romans 8 verse 37 says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So if I want to live a Jesus kind of life, if I want to live a supernatural life, I need supernatural inputs to my life. Be careful of inputs that have the right facts but have the wrong spirit. But let's come for the third level of this back to Matthew 14, verse 28. I want to read to you again this verse, uh, sorry, verse 29 that you heard before because Peter says, "'Lord, if it's You, bid me to come to You on the water,' And in verse 29, Jesus says this. Wait for it. Wait for the data. Wait for the how-tos. Wait for the strategy. Wait for the, now I'm gonna tell you what the future looks like. Jesus says to him one word. He doesn't say jump out of the boat, climb down out of the boat, dive out of the boat. He doesn't say, this is how you walk on water. I've been doing it for a while. Take your shoes off, leave your shoes on. He doesn't say, hold your hands out and balance yourself like you're on a tightrope or anything like that. He doesn't say, bend your knees as the waves rise and fall. Jesus tells him absolutely nothing about strategy, gives him no detail. I've observed that most of us, when we are asking God to lead us, We want to know how, we want to know when, we want to know where, and we want to know who. But Jesus usually doesn't give us data, He gives us Spirit. Be careful of facts, but the wrong Spirit. But here's level number three, is understand that we often miss what God is saying because we are hoping for data. We're hoping for facts. We want the Lord to tell us how He's going to do it. And so we often skate over. Don't you know what I'm saying? We often skate over. I had someone uh, just this week say to me about a, a pretty big business decision that they are in the throes of making. And really, what they want to know is who's this going to be and who's the person and what do they look like and how's it going to work and how much. They want to know all of that. And they said to me, the only thing I hear the Lord saying is, trust me with this. Just trust me. It's not a lot of facts, is it? I got an email this week from somebody last week who made their commitment and destiny offering. They said, you know, they went back to their spouse and they said I know this is a lot more than what we've ever done before. I don't know the amounts by the way but they said this is a lot more but I feel like this is what God is telling us we need to do. The spouse being a godly person said I'm with you let's do it. Well three days later I think it was two or three This person tells me about it in the email. There had been a bill, an invoice that they had written off a long time ago. They just thought that's never going to get fulfilled. They'd written it off as a bad debt. We'll just never see that. They'd given it up. Out of nowhere, with no correspondence, with no lead up into it, the very week that they've made their destiny offering commitment, which was just no data, not, this is how I'm going to do it, the very next week, the exact amount that they'd stretched for of that unpaid invoice that they'd forgotten all about came in exactly that week. Now, you know how excited they are right now? You know, they're excited because, see, God never gave them the data. Come on, are you with me? Look, I could not tell you the number of times in the last six months. Before, before COVID started, well, before I'd ever heard of it, there was no lockdowns, no ISO. The Lord spoke to me in February and said, it, it's time to seek the Lord. I heard Him say it. And I never explained anything to anybody. I didn't know what I'd say. I just came into this building And started to pray, set aside some time and just did it every single week. I cannot tell you the number of times in the last six months when things have been going to and fro like a cyclone, a typhoon, like a tornado whizzing around every part of our lives. And I've heard the Lord say, it's okay. I can't tell you the number of times I've come to Him anxious about someone or something or some situation. And all I've heard Him say is, it's okay not about the rest of you here, I actually want a lot more than that. I really do. I'm a how-to kind of guy. I'm a, I want to know how it works. I, I like surprises if they're good ones. A good surprise is one where you know who it's coming from and you know, you know like, hello, we won lotto last weekend. We decided to give you half. Here's the tithe. Amen. Would you take it? Yes. Uh, But anyway, you know, they're a great surprise, aren't they? Your birthday's coming up. we got a surprise plan. Oh, yeah. i got some. I know you're Christmas time. Presents under the tree. Awesome. But I don't like any others. I don't like those conversations that begin with, would you like the good news or the bad news? I'm kind of like going, whatever. Bring it out. See, we want all the data. Why am I saying this? Because I want to help you grow. And some of you, you, you're hassling God, trying to get Him to tell you how, what, when, where, why, who, and you know tomorrow and the whole lot of stuff. And all He says to you is, "Trust me." And you're going, "Well, that's not enough." You know, is there anybody else up there? Jesus, are you there? The Father's not helping much. Can I talk to the Son? Is there anybody else out there? Come on. Hello, or am I I the only person in this place that ever gets wrung out on stuff that's happening in your world? Huh? You've got to get supernatural inputs if you want to have a supernatural life. You've got to make sure that you avoid getting the right data, but the wrong spirit. But the third thing is equally important. You've got to say inside your heart, God, I'm going to trust you if you just give me one word. That'll be enough. Apparently, one word is enough to suspend the laws of nature. Apparently, one word's enough to walk on water. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of your words gives light, gives understanding to the simple. God is not making fun of us there when He says the simple. He's contrasting it with the complex and the complicated. He's saying, you know what? When I give you something, it's not complicated. Amen? When God calls you, you're just called. It's not complicated. You're just called. When you are saved, it's not complicated. Don't come to Jesus saying, Lord, I'll say yes, but you've got to tell me what's going to happen tomorrow and how it's all going to work out and who and what. Just come and say, Jesus, I'll give you my life. I'm always amazed at the disciples who left their business and followed Jesus, and he'd said three words, come, follow me. And they left everything. You go, how could that be? Why? Because there's something about when God says something to us that makes all the difference. Let me finish this because... I want you to notice that Peter, of all the 12 people in that boat, only one person asked Jesus for his input. Isn't that incredible? Don't you think that John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, would have been putting his hand up and saying, me too, Lord, would you ask me to come? Don't you think that Matthew had been saved out of a life where he was despised, would have raised his hand? I can even imagine Thomas the doubter going like, this is ridiculous, but count me in. Would you include me in the come? Because Jesus never said, Peter, come. He said, come. Anybody could have. So everybody heard it, but only one person got the input. Are you with me? Are you letting the Holy Spirit bring input to you in the midst of whatever you're in right now? Are you waiting for Jesus to speak? Or are you simply just charging along going, no, I'll figure it out as I go and I trust that God will rescue me if I mess it up. I believe there's a better way to live when you follow Jesus. I'm not saying he's got to tell you everything in life. He doesn't tell me everything. And I don't live every part of my life going, Lord, should I go left or go right? Because that's what Google Maps is for. I don't ask Him things that are just a part of my, should I go to work today? Answer, yes. Lord, should I preach today? Yes. Lord, should I pray today? Yes. Lord, should I read your Word today? Yes. Don't even ask. But there are some big things. I want to pray with people right now because some of you have got stuff in your life right now and you don't know what to do. Then let's ask God for help. Let me talk to people as well about saying yes to Jesus. Then we're going to worship one more time and Pastor Bruce in our new studio will be leading ministry time. Pastor David Nah here in the building, ready to pray with people that would like prayer before you leave. Revelation 3:20. It's a great verse and we love it. It's a beautiful verse because I think it captures the heart of Jesus so wonderfully well. It says this. It says, "Behold, I stand at the door." He's talking about the door of your life he said, I knock. He said, if anyone hears my voice, gets an input and opens the door, I will come into them and dine with them and they will with me. What is saying yes to Jesus? It's saying, Lord, I know you're there. I'm opening the door. I'm going to let you come into my life. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, I thank you for people right now that are In their heart, there are people right now who say, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. Tonight's my night. Today's my day. I'm saying yes to Jesus. And Lord, you don't tell them, here's the whole plan. Here's what the rest of your life looks like. Here's what I'll fix. Here's what I'll change. Here's how I'll help. You say the same thing to us that you said to the disciples, come, follow me. And then you ask us to trust you, that you work it out. I thank You for that right now and for those people, Lord. I pray for others that are a part of this service. And there's so many questions and there's so much turmoil. There are things that they are anxious about. And right now, Lord, in this place of great peace, we ask You just to put something in our heart. Maybe it's just that, trust me. Maybe it's just, it's going to be okay. Maybe it's just knowing you saying, I'll be with you. Whatever it is, Lord, we hold on to that because that's an input from you that'll help us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you want to say yes to Jesus, it's so easy. You simply text yes to... That is, if you're in Australia and you'd like to get it on your smartphone, if you'd like to get it as an email, then you simply do it by going to yes.metrochurch.org.au and when you send your yes in there, then every morning from us, by the way, it doesn't come from a third party, it's from our church. We will send you every day a different scripture and a different prayer that you can pray to help you start The journey of walking with Jesus. And I know that as you do that, uh, it'll be just a wonderful, wonderful step forward in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, look, I pray that that message tonight helped you, spoke to you. And uh, certainly every one of these messages challenges me. I hear them first. And, you know, the Lord never kind of says, well, look, you know all this. That's why I'm telling you. Uh, Usually uh, I hear it and Find myself challenged by it, begin to live it out in my life, and then have the privilege of sharing it with you. Well, we're going to finish with a great song. Thank you, team. Thanks, Lara, for leading us in that. And uh, as the team leaders, that would we'll just stand here with us as we begin to worship God. Before we go, if you're in the building and you'd like prayer before you go, Pastor David, now I'll be here to pray with you. Pastor Bruce, at the end of this. We'll be leading ministry time in Metro Church online. God bless you. Hope i see you somewhere soon. Thank you.